I'm Justine. And we are the Murder Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so th- what episode is this? 41. Nice. So does this count as season three, I guess? I think, yeah, we're going to call this the first episode of season three. So this is episode 41. And do you have any announcements, Lisa? I do not. We never do. I'm going to just jump right in. Okay, so sounds good. This is an older case. It's mm-hmm. happened in 1922 in a little town in Germany. It was actually like on the outskirts of town. It's an unsolved, mysterious, like gruesome murder of a family that lived in on a it's a Bulgarian town. So it was about an hour away from Munich, Germany. And there were five family members living there, plus a brand new maid, and they were all killed, like brutally killed. Elisa will get into the actual like murder, mm-hmm. but um, I'll just give the a little bit of the backstory. So the family members that lived there were widowed Victoria Gabriel. She was 35. And her two young children, Kazelia, Kazelia, I think. Yeah, that sounds good. That was her daughter, age seven. And then Joseph was her son, age two. And her parents, Andreas, he was 63. And then Kazelia Gruber, the, you know, Victoria's mom. So her daughter was named after her mom. And she was 72. And then there was their maid, Maria Baumgartner. Yeah, Baumgartner, who was 44, brand new maid. One thing I found interesting, I think it was I read an article on mentalfloss.com, but it explains this murder is known as the Hinterkaifeck farmstead murder or mm-hmm. Hinterkaifeck murder. And what and I thought it might have been a town in Germany, but it actually um Hinter means behind and then Kaifeck is like the nearest town to where this farm was. Oh. So it means like behind this town. Like it was literally just like on the outskirts, not really a part of a town. Oh, that's very interesting. I did not even yeah. Yeah. think to look that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was because I just I was like, where is this? This isn't a real town. So what does it mean? So anyway, yeah, that's what it Thank means. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No problem. Uh, so not much was known of this family. They, you know, pretty much mostly kept to themselves. They were at a pretty isolated farmstead, as I was saying. It's like not even really part of a town. And it was more like in the woods away from others. But one thing that the family did religiously, haha, was... They attended church every Sunday, so they, you know, were known. That's where they would see people. That's where people, you know, the family always went to Sunday church. And, in fact, Victoria uh, was a member of the choir, so she basically, you know, had to be there as part of the choir to sing every Sunday. Nice. So they were, like, dedicated to the church. Uh, The church thing will come into play a little later in the story. Um... But the family was also known to be quite wealthy, I, I, which I don't know why, but I d- wouldn't think that. And so it, I just thought it was like something to note. And that also might come into play. We'll see when Elisa covers everything. So leading up to the murders, there were some very strange activities going on at the farm, mm-hmm. which this like these are, things are what make this such a weird story. Um, and just super creepy. 
I mentioned earlier that the family had a new maid. And that is because their previous maid had quit. Why did she quit, you may ask? I know you're asking. Why did she quit? I'll tell you. (laughs) She was, so she was hearing like really strange noises. And that included like footsteps, just like disembodied footsteps, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. no one there. And then voices, no one there. So she was like hearing stuff around the house. And so much so that it scared her into quitting and leaving the farm. She was like, couldn't explain it. She was terrified. And so she left. Yeah. Um, Good honor. I would too. (laughs) Yeah. It's like anyone else like hear these. Bye. Yeah. I'm out of here. I don't need this job. Uh, There were some other things going on in the house that were like definitely not cool. (laughs) The (laughs) father of the family, Andreas was known to be angry. He was like a stern man. He was a bad hubby. You know, he wasn't good to his wife. Like, he was hard on his kids. There were also claims that he was raping his daughter, Victoria. So that also... Mm -hmm. um, And I don't know, Elisa, if you're going to get into this. A little bit, yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't get into that much here. But there were questions as to whether her two-year-old son... Joseph was Andreas' mm-hmm. son because of the whole rape thing. Ooh. There was also a man she had been seeing um, who also claimed that Joseph was his son. There were even some reports that this man named Lawrence Schlittenbauer had caught Andreas raping Victoria and didn't tell police um, because Victoria was like, please don't tell police. I don't know. You know, this was a long time ago and not a lot was documented, but this is just... Let's call it hearsay. Mm -hmm. Victoria's first child, her daughter, Cazelia, was the daughter of Victoria's deceased husband, Carl Gabriel, who had died during World War One. I don't Alisa might get more into this. I'm just giving some little bit of background. Mm -hmm. There wasn't much dispute that that this was, in fact, Carl's daughter, but you never know. There were other weird things going on at the farm that Andreas had noticed. For instance, there was a newspaper found at the the house at the front door like it was delivered there, but it didn't belong to anyone. And he asked, you know, the maid that left and um, the family members. I mean, he like asked everyone. No one knew what this newspaper was. It wasn't theirs, you know, mystery newspaper. There were also some footprints Andrea saw that led to the house, but that didn't lead away. Ew. And I think they like Creepy. didn't even lead to like a door or a window. It was just like up to the house and fly into the air. Attic or whatever. Isn't that where <laughs> she was hearing? The maid was hearing stuff? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's creepy. I know. Um, And then I'm like, okay, now I'm all of a sudden thinking, oh, maybe he jumped out of a window and then walked backwards from that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Then uh, the night he saw the footprints, he also heard noises, just like the maid had heard. Andreas did do some searching, sleuthing, and digging around to make sure that no one was at the house, making the steps, the noises, the newspaper. Um, He also found scratches on the lock to a tool shed, like someone was trying to, like, claw their way through the lock to get into the shed or, like, you know, break break into the shed. Yeah. 
Um, there was also a key missing to the house and Andreas even followed up with his neighbors to see if they had seen anything or, you know, are you guys messing with us? Have you Mm -hmm. seen anything? I just want to like clear this because it's all this weird stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, they said no, they had no idea what he was talking about. Um, another creepy incident that happened leading up to the murders was that Andreas and Victoria both claimed to have seen a man in the nearby woods that they didn't know. (laughs) I mean, just like a man. And no one was like quite sure what he was doing out there. So I think Andreas saw and then said, I saw this man. And Victoria's like, I saw that man too. Mm. Um, Yeah. and All very eerie. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. This is all very bizarre and scary stuff was going on. And all, but Andreas never reported the activity to, to the police. So I, we know about this because of going to the neighbors. Thank, thankfully, mm-hmm. we know about these stories. But you know, he might have been. There's a fear of like sounding crazy, like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Like I don't have any proof of anything. It's just this weird stuff. Um, he searched everywhere. He found absolutely no trace of anyone in the attic or anywhere else around or in the house for that matter. So hmm. yeah, maybe he thought the police wouldn't have taken him seriously or yeah. Like if he can't find the person or yeah. people that are, it's like, well, did you search? Yeah. Well, did you ask? Yeah. Okay. okay I can't supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe there was something else going on and that's why he didn't go to the police. We don't know. Paranormal. <laughs> Is that what you mean? <laughs> or incestormal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. I don't yeah, know. You I, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He didn't want like, to open up the can. Of- and I don't want to make... I don't know for sure. I don't know if Lisa's maybe going to cover this, but... I'll tap on it a little. <laughs> tap on Tippity it. Touch tap. on it a little. I'll tap. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, and like I said, the reason we know about these things is because of Andreas going to, to the neighbors mm-hmm. and telling them... And then also, obviously, the living maid. Yeah, the, also the living maid. She didn't... I don't know if she knew about all the other weird things that mm-hmm. happened. Um, so I think it was, like, for months leading up to the murders. So she was there for some of them, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're right. Thank you for reminding me of that, Elisa. You're welcome. But it was like, oh, he came to us and said this weird stuff was going on. So it was almost, like, corroborating the fact that yeah. the maid was saying... Um, so on March 31st, 1922, which was a Friday, the new maid had started her first day at the Gruber and Gabriel farm. Um, and I'll take it away, Elisa. Yeah. Okay. So like Justine said on, um, earlier in the day on March 31st, 1922, the new maid, Maria Bumgardner, uh, had been brought to the Bavarian farm by her sister who stayed for a short visit and then headed back home. So it is believed that Maria's sister is the last person, aside from whoever killed the family, to see any of those members alive. And on the night of March 31st, 1922, the six members living on the Bavarian farm, so that's Andreas, his wife, Kazilia. Yeah. Yeah. The widowed daughter, Victoria. And Victoria's children, Cazilia and Joseph, and the maid, Maria, were brutally murdered by an individual who, to this day, is unknown. 
And like Justine mentioned, the family's previous maid had quit roughly six months prior to the murders because she was uncomfortable with activities that were going on at the home. And that was mainly unexplainable noises, footsteps coming from the attic. And she also said she felt like she was being watched. Oh. So. Oh, Yeah. So sometime later on that night, it's believed that Andreas, his wife, Cazelia, their daughter, Victoria, and Victoria's seven-year-old daughter, Cazelia, also, were brought to the barn through the stables and murdered one by one using a mattock. I might be pronouncing that wrong. And that actually was a tool that belonged to the family. And I didn't know what a mattock was, so I googled it okay because I was gonna ask you what is a mattock so it's a hand tool used for digging prying and chopping and it's similar to a pickaxe oh so it has a long handle and a stout head which um, combines either a vertical axe blade or a horizontal like cutter thing or a pick so yeah you know exactly what it is yeah yeah so it has a pick on one end and almost like a little like shovely thing, like a hoe kind of. Yeah, not a hoe, but like no, like the yeah kind of. Yeah. I know, I know, mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Okay, um, so the person or persons used that mattock to butcher each one of the family member or each one of those individuals to death, and then proceeded to stack the bodies on top of one another and cover them with hay before. Huh making their way to the living quarters where oh god two-year-old joseph was sleeping oh no they did the same thing to him and then they found uh, maria living in her bedchamber and also attacked her so she wasn't living in her bedchamber she was sleeping in her bedchambers but oh he, and they went in there and they're like oh another person i guess oh okay um but she got killed yeah everyone oh oh yeah um, i knew that <laughs> I just want to make that clear. (laughs) Victoria's seven-year-old daughter was actually found holding clumps of her own hair in her hand, which led authorities to believe that she was alive for quite a while after the attack. And that would mean that she was stacked up, surrounded by her dead mom, grandmother, and grandfather. (gasps) What? what? And was suffering from... Was she trying to, like, hold on to the head wounds and some of her hair? They think it's, like... She was in so much pain and st- like that she was just like, rip- you know, oh God, like trying to get rid of it. But I it don't was- know. Oh, okay. Um, and ended up taking four days before the bodies were found, despite there being signs that something may have been wrong, you know, yeah. like first Victoria's seven year old daughter had missed school because that was a Friday that this mm-hmm. like that they say this happened. Yeah. Okay. And then that. So Sunday, you know, Justine had mentioned they go to church religiously. They miss church. Mm -hmm. Um, And finally, the mailman had become a little concerned because he noticed that the mail was stacking up. Oh. Yeah. And other reports state that the farm received visitors during that time, including two coffee sellers, salesmen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that even means, but... (laughs) A repairman and a man by the name of, like Justine mentioned him earlier, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, mm-hmm. who initially sent his son and stepson to the farm to see if they could make contact with family. Interesting. And after they returned unsuccessful, like they said, we no one was there, Lorenz went to the farm later that same day with two other men, and that's when he located the deceased members of the family in the barn. 
And then he used a key. This is some reports say he used a key to enter the family home by himself. So something I found in my research is that Victoria had had a previous romantic relationship with Lorenz, which Justine mentioned. And it's interesting that he was the one that had found the bodies. But I will go into that a little bit more when I discuss like possible suspects. So back to the bodies and the state that they were in when they were found and this is a I found a quote from it's called Atlas Obscura or something Mm -hmm. but it (laughs) says legit and then mine too mental floss whatever (laughs) the elder Kazila had her skull cracked from multiple blows to the head as well as bearing signs of strangulation Andreas had blood caked all over his face which was described as shredded with his cheekbones sticking out of his raged flesh. Ragged flesh? Yeah, ragged. Oh my God, raged. I was like, raged? That must the be an daughter, old day word for... <laughs> the daughter, Victoria, also had her skull shattered with signs that her face had been hit with a blunt object. Wow. The young Kazila had her jaw shattered and her face and neck were covered with slashing wounds. These bodies were found in the barn covered with hay. So that's the end of the quote. And young... Joseph and Maria, the maid, both suffered blunt force injuries, and Joseph was covered with a sheet while Maria was covered with a dress. Wow. So the covering of the bodies, nowadays we'd say it's someone that knows them. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So going into the investigation, after authorities began their investigation, they quickly learned from neighbors that smoke had been seen coming from the family stove during the days following the murders. And authorities also discovered that the family dog and farm animals had all been cared for during that time, including Whoa. the cows being milked. So authorities, oh my gosh. And authorities also discovered signs that suggested meals had been prepared and cooked in the home after the murders. Hmm. And something that they also noted was that large sums of money were left untouched. So yeah. right off the bat, burglar, burglary clearly was not, yeah, not the, the motive. motive here. This also means that the murderer or murderers had actually been living on the farm for the days after the murders, which is super creepy because going that, back to yeah. what I had mentioned earlier, they had visitors there. Well, that's when I was like, when people stopped by, they were just in the house hiding. Probably, maybe. Wow. Okay. And another thing to consider is the fact that the old maid had been hearing those noises and footsteps coming from the attic and felt like she was being watched. And she had quit six months prior to the murders. So, like, was there potentially the person committing this crime, like, was secretly living in the home for over six months? Like, you know yeah and then and then the very day same day that this new maid starts she's killed I mean, along it with it might the just be coincidence yeah it is weird a weird coincidence um with burglary quickly being ruled out due to the money and valuables being left behind the most logical motive to authorities was some sort of crime of passion and considering how brutal and violent the murders were that was also like okay kind of you know indicated yeah some and emotion there and then also the covering of the bodies mm-hmm. except for the maid the new maid that's the one that's but, like eh, i don't know authorities also believed that the person or persons that committed the murders was someone that the family knew 
because of the way that they stuck around afterwards to care for the family's animals and because they felt comfortable enough staying in the home and like cooking and so if the crime was a crime of passion who were the potential suspects that could have prepared or perpetrated you know this killing yeah um the authorities ran into some immediate problems when they were investigating the murders because of the amount of people that came in and out of the crime scene both before and after the bodies yeah. were discovered. Yeah. So it was believed that Lorenz may have actually also done some tampering with evidence during his search for the family, which could have very easily been intentional in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, which leads me to suspects in this case. So during my research, there were a lot of potential suspects that came up. Um, so I am going to briefly touch on some of them. Um, and I'm going to start with, so for whatever reason, there were a lot of sets of brothers that were (laughs) brought up. So I'm going to kind of clump them all together because they all kind of, in my opinion, are not credible, like possible. Yeah. It's just like, oh, these brothers that got into trouble, and honestly, around. like when I was reading about them, all of their motives seemed to be monetary and mm-hmm. that money was left. So, mm. yeah, but I will still touch on them. Um, so the first set of brothers are Carl S. and Andreas S. Another Andreas. There's a lot of multiples. In oh, this. OK. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of the same names. It's so it makes it kind of confusing. But apparently a young girl said she had remembered that her mother received a visit from their mother and that the their mother had admitted that her sons had killed the family on the Bavarian farm. Oh. That one to me is just like, what? what? That's all there was to, you know, And whatever. why wouldn't she, like, go to the police? Why is she just, like, well, telling someone? Well, because it's her someone? sons, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then the Thaler brothers, they were small-town criminals who had already committed some burglaries in the area, um, according to a statement by the former maid, Joseph Thaler stood at her window at night and asked uh, her questions regarding the family. But she said that she never answered his questions. And during the conversation, Joseph Fowler said he knew which family member was sleeping in which room and Mm. that they had a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Also included in the old maid statement was that Joseph Fowler had looked up at the machine house and turned his eyes upwards to and mentioned something about a stranger being close by Hmm. and it was she was kind of like implying that someone was living up in the machine house this to me is like complete bs yeah because i'm like okay this guy's coming to your window at night and talking to you through your window okay what but then she said she wasn't answering him. But then she also saw that he was gesturing with his eyes up towards it. It's it to me. It just sounds like she made he, it up. He came to her window to talk to her. Right. I'm like, what? Huh? And then the final set of brothers that were possible suspects are the Bickler brothers. And these brothers were also brought to the attention of authorities by the old maid. She said oh. that. Oh, so this old maid, something's up with her. Yeah, she said that Anton Bickler had worked on the family farm helping with their potato crops, and he knew the farm very well. And she said Anton was the only person that the family dog did not bark at. Okay. Which, but even if the family dog barked at someone, um, no one would hear, right? I would imagine, because they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. 
Who knows? So it's like, who knows if the dog barked? Well, I think maybe she's referring to like when they were approaching the property, alerting the yeah before they were murdered. Yeah. Um. So the old maid suspected that the Bickler brothers, along with another former employee named George Siegel, had killed the family. She stated that George had broken into um, the home previously, which he oh. denied. He denied that. Oh, okay. Oh. This, again, doesn't make sense because nothing was taken. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, nothing of value was taken. Um, so those are kind of just... Some random the brothers, brothers. <laughs> that the maid's pointing her finger yeah. at like this brother, then that brother, then this brother, then that brother. And then another suspect that came up was Victoria's husband, Carl Gabriel. But like Justine mentioned, he was killed in the line of duty during World War One. In the line of duty, is that the correct term? I think so, yeah. Um, so that was immediately ruled out. Line of duty. Or is that a police? I think it is. Okay. So, so he was during combat. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, and then another suspect was the neighbor, Lauren Schlittenbauer. Lawrence. So Lawrence was the one that found the family, remember, and he was believed to have had an affair with Victoria. And it was rumored that he could potentially be the father of her two-year-old son, Joseph. And the... Th- Theories as to why Lorenz could have been the murderer were that Victoria could have been demanding um, money, like child support, I guess, for Joseph, um, and that Lorenz could not afford it, or that he killed the family out of rage after Andreas had found out about the affair and put a stop to it. Mm-hmm. So those are just possible, like, those are just theories about it. But it's also strange that Lorenz knew exactly where to go to find the bodies. Well, he had a key. And he also tampered with the crime scene. Possibly to cover up something that may have been led, that may have led authorities to finding out that he was the perpetrator. (gasps) Oh. And despite all of these theories surrounding Lorenz, there was never any concrete evidence to prove that he, in fact, did kill the family. So he was never arrested for the crime. I, however, think that it makes a lot of sense that he would be the one that killed the family. Yeah. Especially because he was the one that found the bodies. Yeah. He sent his sons. sons. Yeah. It's just, and he like got this search going for them and it's like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, Another suspect that came up is Paul Mueller. And Paul Mueller is actually referred to as the Facilia Axe Murderer. And Paul was a suspect, a suspected serial killer who had been um, a suspect in an 1897 murder of an entire family in Massachusetts. Hmm. The murders were very similar in the sense that both homes were in isolated areas and they both families were slaughtered with a pickaxe and money was left behind in both cases. Oh, wow. So burglary was not the motive. Yeah. There were also two other families that had been murdered in Kansas and Colorado that were believed to have possibly been perpetrated by Paul Mueller in 1912. And Paul was also a German native. Oh, okay. Because it's like, okay, well, these are happening in mm -hmm. the U.S., but a German native that... So it's believed that he could have returned to Germany following all those murders in Kansas, Colorado... After links started to be made between all of the murders. Mm-hmm. So it is believed that Paul Mueller 
returned to Germany following the murders of the Kansas and Colorado families after authorities started making links connecting all of those murders to each other. Mm-hmm. And many people believe that Paul Mueller murdered many other families during the late 1800s to early 1900s. And he seems like he could be a possible suspect, but it also kind of seems like a bit of a stretch to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I definitely wouldn't rule him out. And in fact, I think like it would be pretty cool for us to cover him in a completely separate episode. Oh, yeah, totally. I've never heard of this guy. Come up with like more research around him. Yeah. And then see if it does tie in with this this murder. And then the final suspect is actually Andreas Gabriel himself. So as Justine mentioned, some believe that Andreas and his daughter Victoria had been having an incestual relationship. And according to an article that I found, it says, quote, Andreas and his daughter Victoria had been arrested for incest in 1915. It was thought to be an abusive relationship. Victoria served one month in prison and Andreas was sent away for a year. Why was this horrific fact produced three theories and that goes into like. And she was punished for because I guess she was an adult back in the day. I don't know. Okay, it's weird. So some believe that the deaths were the result of a murder-suicide committed by Andreas Gabriel due to him finding out about Victoria's affair with Lorenz. Like he was jealous? And that Lorenz could have been the father of Joseph. So that's one kind of theory surrounding it. Um, Another one was that like Joseph, the son, was actually Andreas's son, which could have led him to killing the family once word got out. Like, he didn't want people to find out about it. Oh, like, honor. like. Mm -hmm. But it's like, wouldn't you kill them in not such a gruesome way? I don't know. And And then another one was that maybe, like, relating to this incest thing, maybe Victoria was the one that killed the entire family. Oh. But I kind of clumped her in with Andreas Gabriel because it all was kind of related. Yeah. However, there was no evidence in the autopsies to prove prove that any of Andreas's wounds or Victoria's were self-inflicted. But it kind of would make sense if he killed the entire family and then lived on the farm for a few days afterwards before completing suicide himself. Mm-hmm. That's that would explain true. why and the com- farm and animals had been taken care of and why meals had been made. But, you know, like that part would make sense. But then again, going back to it, like, why would he kill himself with a pickaxe? Like, And his face was like tore up. And then he was like piled on top. So he's like, yeah. how does he cover himself with hay after he's dead? Um, so those are kind of the suspects and we need to remember this was so long ago that like you know there weren't a lot there wasn't a lot of like investigating going on like there was no DNA there was no fingerprinting yeah you know things like that I don't think there were fingerprinting I don't know about fingerprinting but I'll have to correction corner that (laughs) (laughs) but later findings so like going into things that came up over time in 1999 there was an old woman old woman there was an elderly lady who contacted authorities and claimed that her former landlord admitted to having information about the Hinterkaik family killings 
And officials investigated this tip and learned that the landlord supposedly made his claim like back in 1935. Uh, However, by that time, it was like too late to look into him as a potential suspect or, you know, like look into what he knew because he was dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was just one thing that came up. In 2007, more than like 80 years after the Gruber family and their maid were killed, students at a German police academy used some more modern techniques to conduct their own investigation into this case. And the students ruled out, according to this, everything I found about this, they ruled out every potential suspect except for one. And they said that they believe this is the person that committed the murders. However, the suspected killer is now dead. So they didn't publicly name that person because they didn't think that it was like they can't respectable themselves yeah. yeah they didn't want to put their name on blast because yeah. it's you know so yeah. but according to this german police academy um class or students they feel like they solved it i bet it's lorenz i believe so too it's and then he had the key and the key went missing and then the key and then there was like oh sorry i don't know if no, we're go gonna for continue it. um i th- i what i read was that there were like you know, there were major, um, uh, I don't know, conflict. Conflict? <laughs> Between Lorenz and the family because of the whole child thing. Because mm-hmm. Lorenz did not have money and this and the family yeah. did. So he's like, hey, that's my kid. I need child support. Like he oh. was trying to get child support and then they were also trying to get child support from him. Or... Even them trying to get child support from him. And he's like, you have money. I don't. Yeah, like, why do you need that? Yeah. And there's no way to prove. Because I think Victoria was having... It, I'm not shaming her. Because yeah. you do you, girl. But I think there were also claims that she was having, like, an affair with another neighbor. Oh, yeah. That was something that I read briefly. I didn't think it was, like, necessarily credible yeah. enough to bring up. Because there yeah. wasn't a lot backing that up. But... So, really, it's like nobody knew who the father of Joseph was and I think I um well I did read that her husband who was killed he was away during the time that she would have become pregnant with yeah him. yeah so it wasn't his <clears throat> that's what I'm like yeah so it, it was pretty much comes down to it being her dad's gross, gross, gross. or the neighbor Lauren's yeah and then the dad's dead so it's like Mm-hmm. So I think Lorenz would be It's a, pretty obvious But can we talk about this Okay Yeah So When I was reading All of this research I did Suggested that each of the people That were killed in the barn Were lured there one by one And killed Yeah And I'm like how In the heck do you manage to do that And then how do they know that How do they know it was luring one by Well because you have to think like you bring three grown adults and a seven-year-old child into a barn and they're all going to sit there while you're yeah. slaughtering. I guess you're right. Like they would run. But it's like, could the murders have potentially been committed somewhere else? Like, yeah, that's true. Elisa. if that was like a secondary mm-hmm. crime scene or like, okay, th- somebody made some noise in the barn. So yeah, uh, Andreas came out. And then he killed him and then waited for yeah, for someone else to check. And yeah. then maybe Victoria went. 
But would Victoria bring her seven-year-old daughter? Are the seven-year-olds old enough to be like, where is everyone? I'm but also, go I think once you get rid of the uh, dad and the mom, because they were old too. Like, yeah, I don't know how older. much fight they have in them. Um, but it, once you get rid of them and stack them up, then <laughs> yeah. you could possibly go inside and drag Victoria yeah. and her daughter out. And like, uh, I think a seven-year-old would be pretty easy to control through fear. Yeah, that's true. And maybe he would just administer one blow to each to kind of knock them out and then take it, you know, go from there. Yeah. And then go back inside and the maid might have been sleeping. God. And the Yeah, uh, and then the two-year-old. The two-year-old that's Aww. just... I mean, How can you even do that? So let's go to like the farm now. Is the farm still standing? I don't know. No, it? it is not. All right. <laughs> they have since demolished that Hinterkaifeck. Oh my God. Hinterkaifeck. Yeah. Farm. But they do have at the site of the where the farm used to stand is a memorial located nearby. And I'm going to include a picture of that on our Instagram and if you're not already following us on Instagram, please do so at Murder Sisters Pod. And then also, if you're not following us on whichever platform you use to listen to your podcast, subscribe, 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 and share our podcast with your friends. And then if you have any ideas on what cases that you'd like us to cover, then email us at Murder Sisters Pod at gmail.com. Murder Sisters pod at gmail.com okay so i think that pretty much sums this episode up yeah what do you guys think about mm. all the weird stuff all, we want to hear yeah. your thoughts all right all Thanks, right cool. guys. thank you until next time